Pique de piques! Pique de piques! Pique de piques! All right, Steeler fans, welcome back to another episode of the Steelers Preview here on the Steel Curtain Network. I'm Jeff Hartman, joined by Brian Davis and Dave Schofield. Brian, what is going on? Wow, I cannot believe February is almost over. This is mm-hmm. insanity to me. It feels like we were just celebrating Pick It a Pickens on Christmas Eve. And now that's two months later. Wow, where's it going? It's going quick, that's for sure. Dave, what's up? Yeah, I agree with that. My wife's like, is it really March next week? I'm like, it is. But uh, I'm all right. I'm the I'm the idiot that right before we go on, try to take a drink of hot tea and burn my tongue. But that's okay. Sorry, I'm looking a little bit bare here tonight. I don't have it all set up yet. And I really messed up because I have a gift for one Jefferson Bartholomew Hartman, you know, because of course, part of it could you, you could say because he was, uh, he, you know, tur- turning 40 years old. I'm a man. I'm 40. I'm sorry, I just can't help it. I, I, I'll do that anytime I can. But I can't say it's just because of that, because I already got Brian his. But uh had to help you out, help, help you get some good stuff for the background there, Jeff. <laughs> nice. So uh I got the replacements. Nice. So uh I'll get that to you as soon as possible. I'll get mine awesome. up. Brian will get his, but we we're we're uh we're transitioning, we're ready to go. Well, the the if you see behind me this way. Uh, the other flag is gone. So uh, the Steel Curtain Network. And that's kind of where we want to start this show. Uh, you know, uncertainty is is oftentimes difficult for a lot of people. Uh, the unknown is, well, it's the unknown. No, no one knows for sure what's going to happen. And there can be uh, a lot of people that, nah, that's not their best. And, and when they think about the Steelers, they automatically think of doom. Uh, and there were people that when we found out that Vox Media was dropping our podcast, they immediately thought, well, there, that was a good ride, guys. Like, it was a lot of fun. Uh, but sometimes an uncertain future doesn't always equate in doom. And what we want to do is give you a quick little rundown on some changes that are happening, uh, both with the three of us, uh, I guess you could say on a personal level, a new venture is beginning. We'll explain that. Um, on our lineup, we're welcoming a new show. We're moving a couple around, so we're going to explain that as well. Um, we'll start with the Steel Curtain Network and what we're making changes. I'll let Brian explain that before we talk about the bigger venture. Well, you know, I'm really, uh, this is bittersweet for me because about two and a half years ago, two Australian gentlemen came to me and said, hey, uh, Bad, we love an opportunity. We're fans of the show. We'd love to see what we can do. And I got to talking and they asked, uh, hey, what should we call the show? And I'm like, Hey, you're in Australia. Let's call it Touchdown Under. And so Matty Peverall and Mark Davison came to me and they sent us they sent us a demo and I sent it to Dave and Jeff as soon as I got it. And those guys were like, that's good enough for us. Let's put it on today. And we did. And then the war room came out of it. And these guys, uh, if you listen to that demo now, they'd be embarrassed, but I, it was good. <laughs> but that's how much they've grown. And they've done really well. And they came to me about a month ago and said, and you could tell they were nervous to talk to me. And they were like, we'd like to go out on our own, do some more stuff on YouTube. Um, can we keep the uh, touchdown number, the touchdown under name? I'm like, absolutely. You guys, you guys made that a thing. And they thought, well, we thought you'd be mad. And I'm like, no guys, it, not mad to me. I'm so proud of where you came. And I told them at, at that point that, they there's someday that they're gonna want to leave and they're want to expand their wings so to me it's baby birds leaving the nest and i feel like a proud papa and i'm so glad for them so there's gonna be opportunities 
we're going to invite them here again to, you know, be on the, I mean, be guest on the network. They're going to invite us to be it's on the net the network. So it's something that I'm really excited about. Check out their show tomorrow as it's going to be the last touchdown under, we just had the last war room on Wednesday as well. So that's going to happen, but that's going to, with the war room leaving Jeff, that's going to open up probably a spot. And I'll let you talk about that. Cause I think we're, <laughs> filling it in a fantastic way yeah so those that listen to my let's ride podcast know that uh i've had this gentleman on my monday morning conversation on more than more than once and uh i don't know why he decided to come back but he did and i was like hey you know mr jim wexel you already do a podcast would you all be interested in bringing your show to our network and he said let me talk to my co-host and the answer was yes now that's going to be an audio only podcast but jim wexel and steel city insider we are going to officially have on the Steel Curtain Network, an insider, meaning uh, someone that's actually in the locker room, could ask questions at press conferences, can talk to players. We're going to have their podcast, Jim Wexel's podcast, and his co-host, which will not be one of us. It's his own his own spiel, which is fine. Uh, they'll be on that Wednesday noon spot starting next week. And so that's really exciting. Uh, Jim's a great guy. Uh, I've, he's a great writer. If you've never read his books, uh, he does a very good job. He's a great storyteller. So I hope that everyone will check out that show. Again, that's taking over for the War Room on Wednesdays uh, at the noon slot. Audio only. So wherever you get your podcast, you can search Steel Curtain, and you'll probably find us, whether it's behind the Steel Curtain or whether it's the Steel Curtain Network. So, uh, Dave, anything to add to any of that before we move on to the next venture? Woohoo! Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited <laughs> for Jim's show because I, I know Jim's a great guy, and he's not going to – he doesn't, he, he doesn't, uh, I guess he, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't hold back. Any, he, he, yeah, he, he puts it out there. I mean, yeah. much, much respect that, that he, he just, he says it how it is. And that's how he's been every time you've had him on a Monday morning conversation. Always yeah. enjoyed those. I got to review both of his last two books in Palomalu and, uh, on the clock and, and enjoyed them both and, you know, wrote, did a write-up for them at behindthesteelcurtain.com. And uh, I'm re really looking forward to, to hear him on the audio side. Yeah, I had to pay for the book. Well, my wife did <laughs> got it for my birthday, but I'm still reading it because uh, I haven't had time. And then I really got into it a couple of days ago and not, I'm in love. I cannot put mm -hmm. it down. I just can't wait to finish it. And, you know, having, having a guy like Wex on the network, is going to be fantastic, except for when he finds out that I'm going to be bugging him every week. Hey, you want to publish my book? <laughs> He'll say, here's my publisher's number. I don't do that. <laughs> so um, on top of that, uh, not, not much else is changing with our lineup, not in the off season at least, but we do want to wish the Australians good luck in their new venture. We want to welcome Jim Wexel to the team. We are very appreciative of him for doing that and his co-host. Uh, but also we want to also make a quick announcement that, when we found out that we were getting our podcast network cut, well, so did a lot of other people. And this is MLB, NBA, NHL, college, soccer, you name it. There were podcasts out there that got cut. And I was talking with Brian and eventually Dave warmed up to the idea <laughs> and said, why don't we try and give these people a home? And so what we decided, a long story short, we ended up partnering with a very, very great guy. And we started our own company called the First Fans First Sports Network. Fans First Sports Network. Um, SCN will be a part of the Fan First Sports Network. So will 
all these other teams, 50 networks are joining us as of March 1st. Hopefully, fingers crossed, barring something changing. And so let's say you're a fan of the New York Yankees. We're also going to have a podcast on that network for the Yankees as well. If you're a Pirates fan, I don't know. There's not many of us, but yeah, we'll have a Pirates (laughs) podcast. If you're a Penguins fan, same thing. We're going to have those teams represented. So it'll be a good opportunity for you to check out some of that stuff. But again, that uncertainty has led us to what we feel is a very good opportunity uh, for us to continue to grow. And uh, Brian, I'll let you and Dave talk about that briefly before we move on. Well, I'm going to do this, Jeff, with a movie quote. And it's from one of my all-time favorite movies. And it's the Shawshank Redemption when after uh, Andy Dufresne escaped and Morgan Freeman, I'm going to do my best Morgan Freeman. I'm sure it's bad, but behind the steel curtain who crawled through a river of crap and came out (laughs) clean on the other side. (laughs) That's true. 500 yards, nearly half a mile. Yes. (laughs) Of the foulest stench. Yes. Dave, anything to add before we move it's, on? It's it's exciting. I'm I wasn't sure. I'm like, can can the numbers work? I was the person who was like, I want the numbers to work. If, if you've listened to Stat Geek, you know that's who I am. And once I found out that the numbers could work and not only work but work well, I was like, let's let's get to this. These guys have me set up that I get to crunch numbers a lot. So uh, I'm I'm busy but very happy with everything going forward. So great one you asked about the Cavs. We don't have a Cleveland Cavs site, Cavs site just yet. There is um, Ohio State. We do have Ohio State, yes. And I want to say the Guardians were one of the teams that we're, we're going to have to fill that spot. I'm gonna, yeah, I'll double check. Yeah, um, we are not getting the Guardians. That's correct. They They decided to stay independent. But that doesn't mean we won't have one. We're going to fill out all of these uh, and eventually we'll have all 32 NFL teams, every Major League Baseball team, all on the um about the Red Sox. Yes. Yep, we'll Red, Sox Red Sox are in. They're asking sure. two different ones that I that, that I helped uh there you go. Um, get involved. Although I, oh, I didn't yeah. do as much of that as you guys did. You guys did those, but uh I'll I just crunched numbers. Fans <laughs> for sports network, and we'll also have some national shows. We'll have NFL type shows, we're gonna have major league baseball shows, all the major sports teams. We're gonna have affiliates on. It's gonna be a lot of fun. It's gonna be what's well, gonna be a, a little bit more, it's gonna be fan driven. And so it's not going to be like ESPN. We're not going to try and sit there with suits on. Like, that's not us. You guys know that. So, Brian, what were you going to say? I was going to say, you know, um, you name it. We, we're going to try to have it, including MMA and uh, professional wrestling. Yeah. That's uh, We're going we're gonna to yeah. look at all of those things. So, no uh, stone unturned. To, to yeah. give you everything you want. And for those of you excited about Ohio State, I've got bad news from you. We're bringing in Michigan, too. We <laughs> do have Michigan. And, and Notre Dame. That's true. And all, all I want to say is when it comes to you all and and what was behind the Steel Curtain and now the Steel Curtain Network, that it it is it's it's chugging on what you're used to is what it's going to be, other than the couple changes that we had going on anyway. It's really not gonna change you all at our all. We're gonna keep you know our focus. We're still focusing on this content here, the Steelers content. That's who we are, that's what we do. And we just wanted an opportunity to still bring it. And in order to have that opportunity, we kind of had to make that opportunity. So we did. Yeah. And I know Brian, uh, Brian Brown said, hopefully y'all don't stop what you're doing. No, like the, the steel curtain network is no. going to continue <laughs> chugging along. That's it's the whole the reason day. we did it. Yeah. yeah. 
it's the main driver for this. And yeah. So, uh, yeah, for sure. I just want you all to know that you might see us talking about some other things. We might reference other shows. Uh, when we do, like, Know Your Enemy during the season, you might see other uh, other podcasts from our network now joining that show to talk about upcoming opponents. So it's going to be a good thing. We don't want to spend a ton of time on this, even though we already have. Uh, but still, wanted to keep everyone in the loop. This is the show that we always kind of talk about that type of stuff. Uh, so keep an eye out on that. Um, Brian, do we have Michigan State? Wasn't that one of those weird ones? I can't remember if that was you or the other Brian. No, we don't have Michigan State yet. Um, yeah, we we would love, uh, you know, we not every college had a podcast. That's right? true. So sometimes we have to yeah. start a feed. Yeah, yeah. So and and that's that's going to be our job to do to uh, reach out to. Uh, we're, it's going to be fun because we're going to listen to podcasts and see who we can bring in. Man. And other podcasts and say, would you like to join our network? So, I mean, I, I feel like it is going to be such an amazing adventure for us at this point in our career. But like Jeff said, like Dave said, behind the Steel Curtain, which is now Steel Curtain Network, is going to be, that's our main priority too. And don't forget, we are still behind the Steel Curtain on the editorial side. Yeah. So, Dave, you can <laughs> give me that behind the Steel Curtain Jeff? flag. What have I said? What were you going to say, Jeff? That website still exists. It yes. still exists. <laughs> so I, I should put that flag up too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not putting that flag up. <laughs> you know what? I will put that flag up while I'm, while I'm writing and I will put up go. the CN when I'm podcasting. There you go. I'm not doing all that. Okay. Um, let's get talking about the Steelers stuff. So, uh, well, I, I kind of want to take a break and then we'll just talk about the Steelers after and we can just advertise it that way. So let's do that. We'll take a quick break. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. All right, Steeler fans, that's what you want to hear. You want to hear us talking about the Steelers. That's what we're going to deliver. The, the Pittsburgh Steelers, the uncertain future that a lot of people, when they think about, well, is Kenny Pickett the guy or, well, is – is the defense going to be able to fill the holes? I meaning the the vacancies, whether it's the you know, free agents, the cuts, who's going to be a cap casualty. Everyone always seems to think that it's going to be doom and gloom. And it just so happens that my Friday Let's Ride <laughs> is on some of the worst free agent acquisitions <laughs> in Steelers history. Um, so that's not get a good right all the time. That's not a why. good segue. Not yeah. a good segue. But not it doesn't always mean it's going to be bad. Not Brian Anthony Davis, but, you know, not good. So I guess let's try to put a positive spin on this thing. You know, there are going to be free agents that leave. There are going to be players that maybe the team wants to acquire, but they're not going to be able to for salary cap purposes and things like that. What makes you optimistic about this team heading into the offseason? We'll start with you, Brian. You know, I cannot discount that the way that this team ended 2022 and you know i know we're going to see it well hey the schedule wasn't good but then i see last week and we had it and dave and i talked about this on the week that was the steelers had the second the second toughest schedule in 2022 based on how all those teams performed so you know it's very easy to say okay you beat the falcons you you beat the panthers um beat the raiders but some of those teams were really coming on at the end, especially the Panthers. Uh, you know, but I really think that that was just a starting point. And I'm also excited about the fact that a lot of guys got their feet wet too. I am a 
big proponent of going ahead and boasting about that leap from year one to year two. And I think you're going to see a lot of it. You know, there's there's some places on the uh, defense that we're really worried about. And I get that because there's free agent. But the offense is pretty much untouched. And I know there's there's some ways, there's some things that you could say about that as well. But with the, uh, with the fact that Omar Khan knows how to find money in the couch cushions and there, there's going to be a, a free agent brought in, he's also going to find ways to bring back some of the free agents, not all of them, but there's sure there's going to be turnover because that's the way that the NFL is now. 1979 is never going to happen again. And when I say 1979, that was a full homegrown team. Nobody on that Super Bowl team wore another jersey to that point. And that's absolutely amazing. Most of them were drafted. Six of them were free agents, uh, street free agents, undrafted. So I'm really looking at this now for the Steelers and saying that last year was the beginning of the rebuild. But when you're nine and eight, that's a pretty good rebuild. That means that you still ended up nine and eight and you have a chance to go forward. So I'm really excited about where they can go. I don't expect them to go backwards. Dave, what about you? What makes you optimistic? Well, you know, Brian said a number of things there. I am optimistic because, you know, you had to kind of had concerns with the offense. The offense started to grow and the only, you know, the most significant piece that's not under contract for next year is Zach Gentry. So I mean, when, when you really look at the starter, so you really have to um, be encouraged by that, that at least that's still together going. Now the strength of the team was defense and that's not the same situation, but, but, but that's right. Brian brought up about how the Steelers had the second hardest schedule last year. That was based on DVOA uh, from football outsiders. That's their one metric that, you know, with the, uh, Got to try to, you know, even I, I look it up 17 times and then can still remember what can't remember what the exactly what the, 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 the letters are because they're letters and not numbers, but that's a whole different, different story. But the one thing that bothers me is Brian kind of brought it up, you know, about being the Falcons be, beating the, the Panthers Steelers fans are going to be the first ones to complain that they lose to teams that they should beat and they should have beat the Panthers. They should have beat the Falcons. But then when they beat them, they're like, well, that's all. That's the only that all they did was beat the Panthers and that. You know, you're going to be really upset if they don't win those games. And you say, all oh, the Steelers lose too many of those games; they should win. But then when you win them, you want to discount them. You know what they did? They were supposed to win. They did win. Very good. Okay. Does, does it matter if they won? Do style points matter? No, style points don't matter. Wins, losses, records. Now, it could also it it can help you build um, on on future games based on how you're playing overall. But I'm to me, I think the most encouraging thing here is that, you know, do the Steelers have a lot of cap room right now? No. Can they have a lot of cap room? Yeah. They just have to make the moves. Now, why haven't they made some of these moves? Because they haven't had to yet. They haven't had to. And just think how many years there were in there where the Steelers were at this point, and they were already having to cut players because they were so far over the salary cap. They haven't put themselves in a bad situation yet. It's not like they're in a perfect situation, but I think they're going to be much better than, than where they are right now before too long. So they can do some things. 
And when you think about that, even when the Steelers were in trouble in years past, they still found a way. You know, I always wanted to ask with what money they had to make that money. Well, the Steelers have the opportunity to do that this year. So that's encouraging. Um, and, and and so far, I mean, all we've had is after the draft with Omar Khan. I've loved what he's done since then. I, Larry Joby signing Minka Fitzpatrick quickly. You know, going ahead. Some people don't like that the Steelers – you know, gave the deal to Deontay Johnson. But if you look at that deal, they did not break the bank for him. They did not pay him based on being one of the the very best wide receivers in the NFL. He's actually, you know, paid accordingly. So there for, for that reason, I'm, I'm just encouraged that they could fill in the gaps moving forward. So there's a lot of things that I find to be optimistic about this offseason. First is that, I, that none of their key players are dealing with major surgeries in the offseason. Um, yes, Chris Wormley, he's going to be a free agent. I know he had an ACL tear, but I'm not counting him because it, right now he's not under contract with the team. But you think about like Pat Fryermuth having that scare in, in week 18 last year, last year against Cleveland. And if he would have had structural damage done to his knee, that, that would have set him back big time for 2023. You think about TJ Watt not really having to have surgery on his pectoral muscle. Like that's huge. And these guys are going to be able to get a full off season in you think about the rookies, even those second-year players, Najee Harris, Pat Fryermuth, they're only going to have the experience now of a full season. They're going to get an offseason. I'll tell you what makes me really optimistic about the offense. Everyone loves to just have that knee-jerk reaction. I know we do that article after games, and I know that we talk about that in the post-game show, but the one knee-jerk thing, you know, you hear Pat Fryermuth go on Ben Roethlisberger's podcast and say, well, we didn't have any hots and all this stuff, like meaning they had no hot routes or – you know, the, the, the calls at the line of scrimmage. Do you really think that Matt Canada is going to continue with that? If he trusts Kenny Pickett and has an entire off season with Kenny Pickett, if that's the case, I don't see any way that Mike Tomlin being a football junkie that he is would ever keep that guy around. I think it's only going to expand. So when I had Nick Faribault on my podcast uh, this past Monday, he was very much an anti Matt Canada guy. I asked him straight up, do you think anything could change? And he said, no, not really. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I, I don't believe that. Yeah. And this is, for me, that there's no way with Kenny Pickett starting in week four at halftime, developing, and then the improvements you saw just after one week off in week nine, the bye week, that an entire offseason where what, what I'm learning about Kenny Pickett, because I didn't know this, the dude's a football junkie. Took like three days off. He's already back in the weight room. We've got videos of him back in New Jersey with his quarterback coach or down in Florida, one or the other, throwing footballs, working on timing. I guarantee you he's working on the offense. This guy's going to get it if they trust him enough to do it. Now, the, I, I just think that for me, the offense, I think, is going to be okay. Uh, they, they're set up for a, a really comfortable offseason when it comes to if they want to add to the offensive line. They don't have to. They can run it all back if they want, but they they can. Well, they can. You can add pieces on offense and defense. Well, there's some gaps they're going to have to fill. That's where it's a little bit shaky for me, Brian. I want to ask you real quick: which is the biggest gap on defense that you think needs to be filled? Well, that's uh, that's. Let's start tough. with free agency too. Let's start with free agency because that's what's up first. You know, I I really think that. Uh, here's the here's the thing i actually feel that inside linebacker is a gap but i can go to every single position on that defense and say that it needs some shoring up because of depth or the future 
I'm worried about the secondary. I'm worried about all of that. So it's really hard for me to answer that. But when I look at free agency and I look at the draft, I feel like I'm doing a Dave answer here. I feel like they could bring whoever they bring in. I feel like with the picks that they have, I think everything's going to be addressed and they're, they're, they have a system. So we're going to know about the draft when they pick somebody in free agency. So if they bring an inside linebacker in one of those guys in to go ahead and fill a spot, then you're going to see them more likely to address the defensive line or the secondary. And I mean, it could go, there's so many combinations, but everything needs addressed in some way because we just don't know what's going to happen with a guy like Cam Sutton. If he signs, if they bring him back, then your cornerback situation, that kind of changes. Those mark, mock drafts that's saying uh, um, the kid from Oregon, Christian, or bringing in uh, Joey Porter Jr. or Cam Smith from South Carolina, that's all going to change if Cam Sutton comes back or if they pull the trade for Jalen Ramsey, which they're not going to, but I'm just, uh, I'm just saying. You know, I mean, so we're going to – the roadmap is going to come that way. So, did you answer the question? No, I really didn't. <laughs> I dated. Dave, it. There you go, Dave. Go ahead. Well, what about you? What do you think? Dave Seattle defense. has two losses. No, <laughs> on 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 defense. I mean, Brian was is right where there's basically holes that need filled in across all the different position groups. There really is. Uh, talked about inside linebacker for a long time on on uh on the Scobro show and it's it's just because they have players you know contracts that are finishing up and it's just kind of the the cycle that this this year happens to be that it's mainly on the defense but what normally happens is the Steelers have those things they bring some of their own back they sign some outside guys and with the exception of 2021 when the cap bottomed out they've they've shored everything up before the draft so the, uh, there's still a lot of work to be done. And I'd like to say, oh, well, I wish it was this guy. I wish it was that guy. I wish it was the other guy. We'll, we'll just have to sit back and see. Like, I, I still love the example of, of back when the Steelers picked up, you know, I think it was going, was it, it was 2020 and it was, oh, the Steelers don't have a tight end. They don't have a tight end. Oh, they, they got to draft a tight end with their first pick in the second round. What are they going to do? Then the Steelers signed Eric Ebron in, in free agency and they didn't even draft a tight end because of that. Um, so it just kind of changes everything. So yes, there's a lot of question marks, but there's also time until the, the Steelers have to have all those question marks filled in. Yeah. For me, I think if I'm, if I'm trying to give a positional answer here, I think it's the defensive front. Like if, if there's, if I'm saying, okay, we need to address one position first, which one is it? I'm looking at the defensive front. I think that it, whether it's Larry Ogunjobi I know that uh, Jeremy Betts has given another name. I think it's a guy from Minnesota. I'm not sure who it is. He's kind of like a nose tackle slash defensive lineman. For me, give me the defensive line. Get that situated first. Then work your way off of that. And when you think about, I know Brian brought up the draft. With the draft, this is a very deep cornerback class. I feel comfortable they could maybe get a player, whether it's pick 17 or pick 32, who's still a very good caliber player. Uh, but that defensive front, you know, I wrote an article for the website that ran today, Thursday, 
And it was really kind of eye-opening to me because I combined this with Andrew Wilbar and Jeremy Betts. They did their seven-round mock draft. Jer- actually, Jeremy did it, and they had talked about it. And Andrew Wilbar said he was struggling to find 100 players that he felt were like highly draftable. And I was like, man, that's that says something. And then uh, I think it's Matt Miller of ESPN said he only has a first-round grade on 19 players in this class. And so I'm thinking, well, crap, the Steelers draft 17th. Like, what the heck are they going to do? He had zero interior linemen, only one defensive lineman in this draft class that he has graded as a first rounder. When I look at this, this tells me that if the Steelers scouts are viewing it the same way, they're going to realize that free agency is going to be the way that they're going to have to address some of these positions. When I see only one defensive lineman on the list, and that's guy that's ranked third overall in their overall rankings, he's not going to be there at 17. They're going to have to fill that elsewhere. Whereas cornerback, there's multiple uh, other positions that they are looking for. There's multiple, but man, I think the defensive line is, is priority number one on the defensive side for me. Not that, not to say that there's only 19 players that are good in this draft class, only 19 players. He had a first round grade on Brian. What are your thoughts? I have two thoughts here. First of all, that means that uh, you don't want to, you probably don't want to trade down in this draft. If the, if that's what you think, if there's not that many first rounders, but I don't, I don't agree in first round uh, grades and everything because you know what? Great. You only have 19 first round grades, but does that mean that everybody that's picked in the second round is going to suck? Everybody in the, the last part of the first round is going to suck. No. How many third rounders have we seen make it? How many sixth rounders have we seen make it? That's why it's a seven round draft. And, you know, these guys come up and if they're developed right, they're fine. A lot of people have already, you know, I, I've made the joke that you could go ahead and say that there's don't even uh, think about the second, that second pick, that first pick in the second round, because everybody's saying it's the kid from Baylor the nose tackle and everybody's saying that already, you know, it's, that doesn't mean that's who they're going to get. But what I'm saying is these guys that uh, you, you see in mock drafts for the second round in the Steelers have two in the second round, doesn't mean that they're not going to be any good, but I like Jeff's formula. If uh, corners are deep, then you look at it that way. Then maybe you, you find that defensive tackle first, but I think there's a lot more than just about 19 and, and I, uh, I don't subscribe to that because I, if you want to do it based on the, the underwear Olympics haven't even happened. Yeah. No. So, you know, and we don't get these mock drafts because there's people that you're going to put a first round grade on and guess what? They're going to tank how many first round bus start, but you had, they're a can't miss prospect. Look at 2004 when Ben was drafted. Robert Gallery was the second round pick of the Oakland Raiders. And everybody said, this guy can't miss. This is the best offensive lineman for the next 15 years. You didn't make it. Dave, anything to add? Yeah. Uh, the one thing that Brian did say there is, you know, the underwear Olympics haven't happened yet. And that's so much changes with, with not even necessarily what, with what the NFL individual teams think, but 
kind of the whole feeling of, you know, does, does a guy shoot up someone's board and drop way down on another? We really aren't going to know a lot until the draft gets closer. And as the guys on what Yin's talking about, talk about all the time, they do all these mock drafts and they hardly get any of it right. They really do. I mean, that's why I can, that's why I can cover 16 different mock drafts on a Monday for the 16 weeks from when the Steelers stop playing to when the draft occurs. And I can have a different player every week. Hopefully it still works out again this year. Um, because there's just there, there's so many different opinions and so many changing things. I just want the Steelers to put themselves in a situation where they don't have to go in a certain way early in the draft, that they really can uh, get the best prospect out there available because they filled everything otherwise. Yeah, and so Great103 said, Jeff's got a point, but it's not like we're going to ignore the draft. No, I'm not suggesting the Steelers are going to ignore the draft. What I'm saying is that if they're looking at the way things are shaking out in terms of picking 17th, who's probably going to be gone, and then attacking free agency with knowing some of those certainties, because some of that is a certainty. You know there's going to be at least two quarterbacks gone in the top 10 in this draft maybe even three. So uh, I think it's just a way that they can take a more analytical approach to free agency and to positional needs. We know what the needs are on defense, defensive line, inside linebacker, cornerback. They got to address safety, whether it's Edmonds, KZ, both, none, whatever. They have to figure something out. So I hope that the Steelers uh, are willing to kind of think outside the box a little bit and maybe Omar Khan, Andy Weedle, and a combination of those two with Mike Tomlin can do just that. I, I do. It's going to be interesting. You talk about uncertain future with the Steelers. Is there anything more uncertain than that in terms of the fact that it's a general manager, a personnel department that's new, working with Mike Tomlin like this for the first time? Uh, we do know, hey, Omar Khan, I said it on my Let's Ride podcast. I'll say it here. He's putting himself out there. He's the only GM at the HBCU Combine. So that's a historically black college or university. He was the only GM there, not the only scout that every team had scouts there, but he was the only general manager that took the time to go there. Some will say, well, why would he even go in the first place? I say the dude's leaving no stone left unturned. He's going to get his face out there. He wants players to remember that. Brian, what were your thoughts on that when you heard about Omar Khan? Why is, uh, why is this a surprise to anybody that Omar Khan was the only one there? We are the Pittsburgh Steelers home of Bill Nunn, you know, yeah. so Bill Nunn set the culture and that's why we have the 70 Steelers. Um, how many GMs are getting their butts chewed out right now for not being there by their owners? Yeah, I, I, I would be I'm like, what's wrong with you? You're letting the Steelers go in there and make an impression. And we're going to let these players feel that, uh, that they don't matter, man. The, the Steelers really, really are looking good on this. And, you know, you have a coach in Mike Tomlin that a lot of these guys want to play for anyways, and their GM shows up. And, wow, when Mike Tomlin, I think you said it on your show, Jeff, I hope I'm quoting you right, they, they talk about, or maybe it was Dave, um, one of you guys mentioned this week that these guys remember that Mike Tomlin showed up and talk the way he 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 treated them in the process because Mike Tomlin knows who he wants five years down the road. I mean, he said that to to Pat McAfee. He said that to uh, gosh a number eight, uh, uh, Carl Joseph. 
He wanted Carl Joseph. He knew he wasn't going to get him, but he said, hey, I'll see you someday. And he gave Carl Joseph a chance. So I think it, it might have been more Dave on his show. When I think it was Jeff. <laughs> yeah, I think it was me. <laughs> hey, at least I listened to both. Yeah. <laughs> I'm proud of that because you guys yes. get on me for that. Uh, you know, so it goes a long way, guys. Yeah. Dave, any other thoughts? Um, I additional, no, nah, not, not really. I, I, I just want to see what they're going to do. March 13th is going to be here before we know it. I don't know if the Steelers are going to be players right there um, at, at the very beginning of stuff, but it's, we are really getting down to that time. And that's what's surprising is that you're like, oh, things will be coming here eventually. We talked at the very beginning of the show. We could believe that it's almost March. And yeah. It's not even halfway through March is when the new league year, sorry, the legal tampering period begins. The league year is right on the Ides of March. So it's it's going to be right around the corner. We're going to really see the shape of this 2023 Pittsburgh Steelers team come, come into focus more. And I do think it is way more about free agency than it is about the draft. The draft is just the icing on the cake. Let's play a quick over-under. Okay, this is something we do in season in case you're new to the Steelers preview. Okay, so over under the number of moves made prior to the new league year to free up salary cap space. Okay, we know they're like Dave said earlier that, you know, they're going to have to free up space. They're going to have to. The number of moves, I'm going to set the line at two and a half. (laughs) That's a good one. Wow. My number's three. That was my number two. (laughs) (laughs) I thought three. Um, And now remember, I don't see the restructures happening now with Omar Khan. I don't. No. I loved how we did it last year. He did exactly. I'm like, I wish the Steelers would just. And he did it. He restructured TJ Watt at the very end for only as much as they needed. How smart was that? He's a smart dude. He is. He is. I I, I say you're taking the over two, Dave. You're taking three. Yeah, it could. There's a good chance it could be two. I think it's going to be two or three. But if I had to lean, I'll go three. I don't. I think I know what two of them are, but the third one, I don't know. I so think there'll be one. That well, we know them. William Jackson. Yes. Who's the other one that you think you know? I think Gunnar O. I okay. don't see the point in keeping Gunnar O. I mean, they brought him in to be a kick returner, and he lost that job. He doesn't bring in a value right. otherwise no, for his cost. Who else do you think could possibly get the act? That's the other one that I don't know that they're going to do. I I've been saying some people are like Miles Jack, Miles Jack. Miles Jack is going to be if, if first of all, I, I don't think they're going to do it. I talked about this on Scobro, but if they do, it's going to be just like Joe Schobert, where they aren't going to do it until they already have the next person under contract. You know, they would have to go out and sign an inside linebacker in free agency and then decide that they're going to release Miles Jack and then it's going to free up that money. So that's so I don't know that, that that's going to be one either. Some people are all about Mitch Trubisky. I don't, that's the same kind of deal. I don't see that happening unless, unless Trubisky asked them to do it. And the fact that him and Kenny Pickett are down in Florida throwing with the wide receivers today, uh, even though Gunnar Rowe was one of them, um, I, I, I don't know that that's the route the Steelers are going to go because to me, it would be more about Trubisky wanting to go. It's going to be interesting for sure. Uncharted waters, that is indeed for sure. Let's, let's do some trivia. Brian, do you have anything? Yes, I have a quick one, and it, uh, Jeff, you did an amazing job, and uh, you made my family happy talking about Jack Ham this week on your Wednesday show of Let's Ride, because I absolutely, I mean, like, growing up in Johnstown, PA, he was a hero of everybody, and he was accessible, and, uh, you know, he's still, he's still the man there, number 59. He still lives there? 
Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, he's in that area. I mean, whether it's State College or whether it's but State College is kind yeah. of that area too. I don't. I know he is a part owner of the uh, the Johnstown Tomahawks. Um, okay. The, the hockey mm. team. So he's uh, he has some ownership there. You know. So Jack Ham, his number is unofficially retired right now too. Just like number twelve is like Franco's thirty-two was for the longest time. But one man wore it right after Jack Ham left for you know one season, the third round pick in 1984. And he's the only person to wear 59. And I think that uh Rogers Freivogel realized that they made they made he's the equipment manager at the time, realized they made a mistake and they put reverence on that number and never gave it out again. Who was that man? in 1984 that wore that jersey i have no idea i was one did you say third round pick in 1984 dave's cheating he's looking Uh, at i'm sorry 1983 i I was gonna say because i don't think they had a third round pick in 1984 He was a 6'4 linebacker out of San Diego State, 225 pounds, appeared in uh, 16 games in, in 1984 and zero starts. I could not tell you because I, I bet you anything it's someone that were like, yeah, I don't even remember. They were the Steelers. Because 83 like, that was the Gabe Rivera draft, right? Yes. Yeah. Could not tell you anybody else drafted in that draft. Just like <laughs> Travis – Kelsey will say, you put respect to the name of Todd Seabaugh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> How in the hell are we supposed to get that? I don't know. Oh my I would have got it. <laughs> yeah, I don't that. have to look that stuff up. I just know that. I, 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 have, I have very, very, well, the first one you're going to have to take a guess on, but, but I have two different trivia questions that are not anywhere closely related. The first one, if you listen to today's episode of what Yin's talking about, these guys took one of the key points of their episode and mispronounced the word terribly. How many times did they mispronounce the word and what word was it? I don't know how many times. He's trough. Isn't that the word? The word is trough, T-R-O-U-G-H. It is pronounced trough, not trow, trough. <laughs> that is actually, a, it's a word we, I use when teaching physics uh, because waves have crests and troughs and nodes and anti-nodes. You know, a horse drinks from a trough. And yes, Heinz Field is getting rid of the troughs in the men's bathroom and putting in actual urinals. Any idea how many times that was mispronounced? You counted? I did. Oh gosh, I don't know. Um, set an over underline. I know the answer. How am I setting an over underline <laughs> for, us. for us? For us, we don't know. Guess a number. Oh my gosh, this is this seventeen. Twenty five. Thirteen. <laughs> now, could I over in? under ten? Yeah. And we would have guessed over or under, and you would have said it was thirteen. And yeah. We're like, yeah. oh, let's move on. No, I, I would have set the over under at thirteen, and you would have had to say push. As the podcast, why you don't here. do the over unders on our shows? Exactly. Yeah. 
as the podcast producer here for mm-hmm. what I think is an absolutely fantastic show and what Ian's talking yeah, about. I, love I am sure guys. that these guys did that by design. No, it's a, so, I wonder if it's a California thing. I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm just going to say they did it by design. So don't worry about it. These guys, uh, they do satire and parody. So, yes, they do. and they talk like Yinzers. If they're going to talk like Yinzers talk, I can see, Hey, this guy's going down tan. Uh, did, did you hear about step up in the trow. with, with, with the trowels gone? <laughs> I, I thought it was that, that they were, you know, so, dropping trowel. That's what it was. Didn't so, we have a deal that Brian's not allowed to do the Yinzer voice? Yes, anymore? we did. Like, didn't we have that in writing somewhere? I feel like you just broke <laughs> yes, that. All right. Do you want me to do it in Dusty Rhodes voice? <laughs> no. I do have another trivia question, though. I already screwed up Morgan Freeman. Okay. So. Uh. <laughs> All right. Here's your other trivia question. Uh, going back and looking at, I, I've been doing a series of articles of Steelers' top draft picks under the Kevin Colbert era by round. So I've been doing a lot of study from the year 2000 up to now. So I went back looking from the year 2000 through the current Steelers. Ben Roethlisberger leads the way by a ton with 247 regular season games started. 247, way up there. There are five other players that, since the turn of the millennia, started over 150 regular season games for the Steelers. Can you name those five players? No. (laughs) (laughs) So it's they played how many games? Is that what you said? They started at least 150 games. Okay. Heinz Ward. Heinz Ward, he was he's number two with 176. Okay. Troy Palomalo. Troy Palomalo didn't quite make it. He only made it to 142. Deshay Townsend. Where's Deshay Townsend on the list? Did I was gonna say him. I was gonna say Ike Taylor. Did he have enough starts? Um Ike Taylor, he didn't quite make, he was 10 short. He was at 140. Casey Hampton. Casey Hampton is correct. He was fourth. He is fourth on the list at 164 starts. I want to say Pouncey, but those injuries scare me. Yeah, Pouncey, he didn't quite make it either. He was 134 starts. All right. Heath. Heath Miller is third on the list with 167. So, so far you're doing good. Ben Roethlisberger, Heinz Ward, Heath Miller, Casey Hampton. You've got two more. Aaron Smith. That were over 150. Aaron Smith is the one that just made it at 152 starts. So we only have one more, right? One more. I can give you a hint if you need one. What about uh, Joey Porter? Joey Porter. It's not Joey Porter. He had 106 starts. Okay. This is starts for the Steelers only. Have a few starts for the Steelers. Are you ready for your hint? Sure. He was not drafted by the Steelers. James Ferrier. It would be James Ferrier with 154 starts. Hmm. And next year, things going right, there should be one more person who joins this club in... Cam Hayward. Cam Hayward is currently at 148. Nice. Nice. Very good. There you go. All right. No final thoughts tonight. We got to get out of here. Dave, (laughs) why don't you send us out? You really need me to send you out already? Well, okay. Jeff's final thought is Dave, send us out. Hey. See ya. We'll see you next week.
everybody else gets a little tight, 